I just think we ought to wait till after you graduate. I don't. It's only a month. Janet, a month. Please. Sorry. I personally consider us engaged as of now. Congratulations. David, no. Look, you can say yes in a taxi. I have a 2.30 appointment I'm in your... I'm staying right here. Oh? Afraid you'll say yes? I'll see you tonight at Brandon's party. Okay. You can say yes, sir, just as well as in a taxi. Goodbye, darling. Bye. That's the last time she ever saw him alive. And that's the last time you'll ever see him alive. What happened to David Kentley changed my life completely and the lives of seven others. Janet Walker, Henry Kentley, the boy's father, his aunt, Mrs. Atwater, his best friend, Kenneth Lawrence, a housekeeper named Mrs. Wilson, and the two who were responsible for everything, Brandon Shaw and Philip Morgan. This is uh, Jimmy Stewart. Well, hi, Mr. Stewart. What what, oh, what are you doing with that rope there? No. You're going to tie that around your cock, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God. You're going to tie that rope around your testicles and bind them real tight until they're good and red, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like cock torture, don't you? <laughs> don't you? My Jimmy Maybe they did. My Jimmy Stewart impression is just a Dana Carvey doing Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Stewart impression. Yeah. That's what it will always be <laughs> until the end of days. I love it. And we're into our theme. I uh, love it so much I'm yawning. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm a little sleepy. I apologize. I've, uh, you know, I'm trying to lessen my caffeine intake. I'm trying to increase it. I'm trying to like <laughs> figure out how to get more of it into my body. <laughs> Movies are gay. Movies are gay. Last Friday, if y'all haven't seen it, I would recommend watching the YouTube version of it, but it's our summer movie preview, and we actually went to beaches around the world. Yeah, we did. I think it turned out kind of fun. If you're a pod listener, that one might be worth the YouTube look. Yeah. So that's one I've been recommending as well. So mm -hmm. like get your whole, well, maybe don't get the family. We're <laughs> We're very we're explicit. Yeah, I'm very crude. It's me. I it's mean, always me. You lead me down that path sometimes. I, and I have a potty mouth. I have the ability to lead a lot of people down that path. <laughs> like, come with me. But yeah, I'm a willing participant. <laughs> but we're starting off, you know, on Mondays if we can help it. 
want to do some old movies. Yeah. June is gay. Yeah. Because I heard it's Pride Month. It is Pride Month. We don't want to be basic, but it makes sense. There's a lot of queer cinemata. But uh, the cinemata? Old... Cinemata. The, <laughs> the older movies... The older movies tend to be a lot more subtle in their... Um, mm. I don't know if this one is that... This one is subtle if you are just completely removed from gay culture. It was But truly... if you know a little bit about it, you're like, oh, this movie is gay. And the when second I... it started, I was like, oh, they're, they're lovers. Yeah. Well, this is based on Leopold and Loeb, right? Is and it? It's got to be. I mean, that's... Why? Because they, they're talking about doing the perfect murder, the strangulation. So you think it was inspired by? Yeah. Because well, the these way... are like... Yeah, I guess so, yeah. They were kind of elitists. And yeah. And Leopold and Loeb were... I did I, think of them right away, too. I think they were lovers, but not, but not really a couple, because I think one was married, at least, well, at least one was married. they were lovers, but not one of them was more into it than the other one. I think the other one just didn't care as much. Like, basically, basically, I can't remember which is which, but one of them could get convinced to do the bad things because then he could get fucked. Like, they didn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of like a give and take, like... So this is based on a play from 26. That's about when all that shit's popping off and really popular. Yeah, totally. That was the true crime hype of that time. And so this play... And apparently the play is supposed to be... The fact that they're together is supposed to be a lot more obvious in the play. Oh, sure. Which is interesting. When I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm looking for old movies mm -hmm. that are kind of indicative of gay culture, even though people didn't... No, at the time. Yeah, they didn't maybe outright and, say anything. And there's a lot of there's a lot there's some selections this month that you might be like, are you are you stretching this here? And I'm like, and I don't think I am, but like okay. things that are just subtle because they were never that obvious. Yeah. But when you start peeling the layers of old Hollywood, a lot of gay people. Oh yeah. A lot of gay people. I don't. Hey, I didn't even pick a rock. Always a lot more gay. They were there were always, always a lot more gay people always. everywhere. Yes. Than people ever realize. True. There's still more gay people than you realize, literally everywhere. People but, who like Broadway and don't like gay people, what? But here's the here's the thing with this particular movie. This movie would come up on almost every list of classic cinema with gay themes. Like this is the one that would come up all the time. Interesting. And other ones like Bride of Frankenstein or uh or uh, what is what is the other one? Gloria. I forget which ones we're going to talk about. We were talking about a silent movie named Michael. That's from that's a Dutch silent film. Yeah, that one is more obvious. I found another one called Matching in Uniform, which is a German lesbian where a, a girl in a boarding house, a girl student and a teacher fall in love or something like that. Wow. And this and this movie came out like two years before the Nazis completely took power the u.s actually banned this movie first yeah and then when the nazis grabbed power they they banned it too and it's actually we are going to talk about that movie okay good because and the movie's kind of fucked up when you think about it because it got banned and a lot of these like great german directors leading into world war ii a lot of them had to a lot of the actors had to flee yeah you know fritz lang being like the most famous and 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 Matchin and Uniform, which we will discuss, there's a lot of people in that movie that literally died in the Holocaust because this oh, movie sure. was also, God. there's also a ton of Jewish people in this movie. 
or people that just happened to be Jewish. It wasn't about Judaism. No, sure, they just were. Yeah, because that was who was there, right? Yeah, who was into acting in that country at the time, and the Nazis really made cinema worse. It was ahead of its time in Europe at this time, mm -hmm. thinking about these themes, and you're being like, "Wow, they were really into. They really made that in Germany at this time, or in the Netherlands at this time, mm -hmm. or in." austria this time and then you think about it, it as like oh yeah a freaking fascist state started so it was like three steps like two steps forward three steps back like, you know there's an alternate reality where germany is like the epicenter of like modern cinema, cinema. yeah i said cinema too yeah cinema and france has france plays a big role too but sure of it, course. but that war fucked up all of europe yeah. in terms of real artistic output you know wow. so yeah and uh, but this one we're talking about is what alfred hitchcock called a failed experiment that's what he called this movie this movie came out it wasn't too hot even though it made its money back but it wasn't re-released for like 30 years it wasn't until the 80s oh wow this came out in 48 and it wasn't until maybe about the 80s when he started when it started coming up again this was considered a long lost hitchcock yeah because he wasn't really that into it yeah like i don't think he was very but you see what he was trying to do yeah and it seems in terms of how he rates it and how people looked at it at the time it seems kind of underrated but i yeah. understand it's not but when you're talking about hitchcock yeah. you can definitely come up with several movies before this oh of course but it to me made sense mm. i didn't realize except like i didn't realize it was a hitchcock except they played the music on the dvd <laughs> that's when the you hitchcock that's music. when you realize you're watching yeah. a hitchcock movie yeah but knowing that i think it totally makes sense i think it definitely falls in i would honestly say it's maybe not as bizarre as hitchcock might have pushed it you know, with other things. Like, he could have, it could have been pushed further, I think, probably, mm -hmm. to, to feel even more Hitchcockian. Perhaps. But I, I thought it was pretty fantastic. It's, uh, I said it was based on a play. That seems very obvious. Yeah, it's very obviously a play. And it's very, very fourth wall flat. John Dahl playing Brandon Shaw and Farley Granger playing Philip Morgan. We open up on a murder. They're killing their friend. Yep. Uh, david mm -hmm. and i would recommend watching the old trailer to this mm. because the trailer has uh david and joan in a like a park carriage and they're talking about how they're going to go to the party later what and you know that was like, kind of i need to see that i'm sure you played it at the beginning it was like this with um the uh citizen kane trailer too yeah, yeah, where yeah. It, it seemed like extra stuff to go with the movie you were going to watch later. What's the name of the one? Tatum O'Neill and Ryan O'Neill? Paper Moon. The preview for that, they showed outtakes. Yeah. They were just showing them hanging out, which was actually really neat. That's kind of an old school approach to a movie theater. Yeah. Movie trailer. It was interesting. And they kill a guy and they put him in a trunk. Yeah. That won't lock. That won't lock. And they set up the trunk for a party that's coming. And the party is David's parents... David's fiance. David is expected to be here. David's yes. fiance, Joan. They invite Kenneth, Joan's ex. Who was also in school with all four of these boys. David, Brandon, what's the other guy's name? Philip. Philip, yeah. And Kenneth were all like school chums. And uh, Kenneth is the ex of Joan. Mm -hmm. 
but you find out later that he also seems gay too. I think he's and he broke up with her. Split. Yes, and she, I think, is the kind of woman who dates gay men because they're fabulous and fun. Like the way she talks, like because yeah. Brandon got, is obviously this, gay, but they've dated. And these are upper class people as well. And you know, gay, they, bi, pan, sexual, whatever you are, they were he. They were obviously like maybe all on the spectrum. You know, I mean, yeah, everyone yeah. is, but but yeah, and then also their housekeepers there. Their former professor. Which is played by Jimmy Stewart. Rupert Cadell is his name. You know, it was interesting to me. I didn't look at any of the names or anything. Well, I didn't specifically see Jimmy Stewart's name, okay? But I I thought it had been his picture on the menu. But then when he wasn't one of the main characters and he didn't come in, I was truly, like, confused. Like, I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe this is not a Jimmy Stewart. But when he comes in, mm. he's perfect for this role. I mean, Jimmy Stewart's good. Yeah. And he's got presence and it's interesting because he he comes off like a like a super detective, mm-hmm. a super analyst. He's presented as a very philosophical professor mm-hmm. professor cuz he was their old headmaster. That's how they all know him. Yeah. But when I typed up the the actor bill, I did put Jimmy Stewart third. Yeah. Because I do think John Dahl and Farley Granger, to me, are the leads. Were they in the play? I don't know. I know that sometimes that happens. That play was like like over 20 years prior, oh, okay, so probably okay. not. Fair, fair, fair. Um, But they, they were perfect for these roles, and they did feel, it felt very theatrical. Uh, The way they were presenting themselves. The, the guy playing Brandon is so charming mm-hmm. and so at ease John Dahl, and he's really the actually one... gay too oh great uh farley granger was bisexual okay who played philip okay and he, and he had a relationship with arthur lawrence who wrote the screenplay to this oh, wow. arthur lawrence it was gay okay and they put out biographies over the years that alluded to all of this i guess when things are a little more chill yeah 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 um, that's really cool and alfred hitchcock has always been questionable Yes. And it's, he's, you know, Alfred, we talk about problematic directors and we love Alfred Hitchcock, but like I've heard stories about how he basically fucked with, uh, Tibby Edrin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How like he, in the birds, right? He likes, yeah. Yeah. And he worked with her in a, another movie or two, but yeah, he like really kind of mind fucked her and trying to get her to the place for a role. There's some suspicion that too. Kubrick really great directors fucking do that shit and it sucks. Kubrick infamously was very dismissive of actors. Yeah. Which is so funny, but like he was like Yeah. He could be very mean on set from what I heard, unless, yeah. you know, you're really bringing it, you mm-hmm. know? So but Hitchcock, I don't know, you know, and this I've heard that about Orson Welles too. They're these guys that these closet cases that seem like they exude this charm. But, like, they all seem kind, they do kind of seem a little gay. And Hitchcock, sometimes it's like, from what I hear about him, sometimes you hear about, like, you know, like, there a certain type of gay man that hates women, like a gay mm. chauvinist. Mm-hmm. And maybe Alfred wasn't like that, but sometimes when you hear about how he treated some of his starlets, mm-hmm. like, maybe that was the case. But But the dude was, I mean... Yeah, maybe you haven't heard Alfred Hitchcock, pretty great director. Yeah, I mean... I- <laughs> I think there's a there's a level of director like the guys all the guys you just mentioned truly like they push people 
to get something out of those people that they might not have even known they were there, but they yeah. have to be careful. Cause I think sometimes then what happens is they forget the people are people mm-hmm. like Shelly Winters. No, not Shelly Winters. Shelly in the shining. Like he actually Shelley legit Duvall. fucked her head up. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he went too far with her from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's the, that's the risk you run, right? Is do you yell at someone until they bring out something and you back off just enough that they can handle it, which is probably what Alfred Hitchcock did with Tippi Hedren since they worked mm. together multiple times. But then there's the person who like you push them too far and you fuck them up. So it's, but it's because you're so passionate and you need it to be so correct and you know, they can do it. You're really out here and you're, and you're driven to make art. I know when I'm very specifically doing a project in mind and if anything, I feel like, uh, limits that in any way, you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I can be very critical and very critical at myself, but also can just be like, this is, this isn't good. This is like, if I have a vision, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing about executing art is that you're never going to get it exactly as it is in your head. Yeah. That's impossible. Cause it's always more vivid and more layered. And when you execute things, it's like, where's that balance of compromise. And to me, sometimes the process of making something that you want to be a masterpiece has to be uncomfortable, has yeah. to be. But that said, don't be mean. I don't think Alfred needed to go that hard. No. On Tippi Hedren, I don't think Kubrick needed to go that hard with Shelley Duvall. She apparently like almost went crazy yeah. doing that. But then again, these movies are bomb ass. Am they, I right? They are. And she they is are. memorable as hell. I almost yeah. feel like Shelley Duvall is almost a little more memorable than Jack Nicholson to me. Yes, she in is that actually. movie. Yeah, she so, is actually. Can't say you didn't get nothing out of her there, no. but uh, but rope. It's a very simple story. Yeah. Now we're having a party. Everyone's like, "Where's David? His body's in the fucking oh, just chest, for context." Right? Yeah. Uh, the body's in the chest in the living room where the piano is. Philip's a piano player, and seating is all there. The table had been done up very nicely by the housekeeper, who then they told to go away for a few hours and do shopping and things, and they decided. Well, Brandon decided because he's a fucking showman. Yeah. He, he wanted to, like, push the envelope. He wanted to be found out by someone who he thought would appreciate who is his professor. Yeah, so he yeah. decides, he tells Philip, we're going to move all the kitchenware onto the trunk with the person in it because I want, we're going to dine. It's going to be like an altar, like a feast on an altar. So. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, Brandon is pushing forth this not concept. And this is kind of the, how it connects to the Leopold and Loeb idea and mm-hmm. what they were trying to do is that certain people of a certain level, sh- it should be a privilege for them to actually yeah. commit murder on those that are lesser beings. Uh, yes, yes. And he cites that his professor, played by Jimmy Stewart back in the day, used to kind of raise up these ideas. Mm-hmm. These ideas on the surface seem kind of completely stupid yes and now this uh <laughs> and now you go back to this play coming out in ni- ni- 1924 mm-hmm. of course we do have we get into a rise of fascism in europe where you actually have this ideology where these people that are considered themselves like a superior race justify mass executions of jews gypsies gays homosexuals yeah. kind of talking about that shit yeah. right yeah so these ideas are 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 out there as insane as they are to me. But it's so funny 
I don't, I guess I don't want to get, this is all very simple and it's all, it's not worth going bit by bit because Mm -hmm. it's all about an acting performance. Mm -hmm. And also Hitchcock does this illusion of a long, continuous shot. Gorgeous. When you, I did not even notice it the first two times you pointed it out to me and then I saw it with you. When an actor will pass in front of the camera or the camera will pass in front of the actor, it'll kind of go in on their coat wherever it darkens everything out and it comes out the other side. There's a part where it pans out and the the table, the chest is decorated with mm-hmm. stuff on it. Really like was striking like that particular cut. I mean, there are cuts. And I think as far as like obvious blatant cuts, like completely going over, I think there was only maybe three obvious cuts mm. in the whole movie. It was really, I wonder if that's part of the experiment stuff he was talking about. I mean, about. this is a true actor's movie. Mm-hmm. It has to be. I mean, the Absolutely. play, it's designed from a play. It definitely feels like you're watching a play. There are multiple speeches in this that I'm surprised when I wasn't acting stuff, I never heard anyone do. Like, there are some really amazing monologues in this show. Show. See, it feels See? like a play. It might it as does. well be. Yeah. It, it pretty much is. This was also another case of the very clever back and forth that was charming and not annoying because mm. especially when Jane comes in, you do find out in short, in short time that Jane not only dated Brandon, but she dated Kenneth and now yeah. she's dating David. And yeah. so you have to assume Philip would be next, except not. Uh, and, and you do wonder like, does she know that Brandon and Philip are together? She must, mm. but she's just this kind of like, she calls herself at one time, like a good time gal, you know? And honestly, her story ends up being, I feel like, really, really sad because she is kind of this good time girl. And we don't see her find out that David is dead, but she talks to Kenneth about how David is the only person in her life that she's ever been able to completely be herself with. Yeah. And it's because when she, when he, the two of them got together, it was right after she, Kenneth had dumped her. Yeah. And he was like, he saw that she was upset and was like, do you want to go on a walk? And instead of like trying to be funny and make jokes and be charming, she just told him how she felt and what was going on. And she just like dropped her shield. Now we didn't see this happening, but we saw her talk about it. And there was something so beautiful about her talking about it. And even the way it was written at the end of the conversation, he actually says to her, I'm just really, I feel really, he basically said, I feel really lucky that we had this opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he learned something about her. He actually was like, I'm an idiot. I had no idea who you were. Yeah. You know? And and it was just, I don't know, like there were just so many layers like that within this that it was like crazy. She's also like, she also writes for a magazine. These are all yeah. like oh. fresh, like exiting college. She writes for Allure. But she, she acts write- like it's like no big thing. Yeah. And now Allure's like, it's been around forever. She writes, she writes style columns. So she likes stylish men. But yeah. These stylish men tend to, you know, I mean, Could I, I think, go one way or the I other. think, I think every character in this movie, except for, uh, David's father that are male and Jimmy Stewart are essentially gay or bi. Although, but don't you believe that Brandon definitely had a hardcore crush on him? Philip talks at one point or Kenneth does about how Brandon used to sit at his, at his feet 
and ask him questions. Like I could just see Jimmy Stewart like smoking oh, there's a pipe, sitting there's in a chair, and Brandon's that. just like leaning on his every word. They start having this conversation. Brandon is talking about the uh, the idea of it should be a privilege for certain people to get away with committing murder. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's not really being like, you're right, you're right, but he is kind of clarifying that he did say some things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David's father is there, and they're all waiting for David, who's not going to show up. And David's father's like, no, murder bad, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Stewart does kind of, like, explain it. Yeah. And he is still not saying it's wrong. He is like, yes, I did, and I do, you know, this and that and the other. The way Jimmy Stewart talks, it's like everything is a puzzle for him to solve. Yes, yes. So... So when he's talking about this, he's quietly like, why is he talking about this right yeah, now? Yeah, every every single moment. Oh, and he does, Brandon does say beforehand that he thought about inviting him to participate mm. in the killing. Yeah. But he decided not to because Rupert, right, is the, is not the, not the type to actually act. Yeah. But he'd be the type to appreciate. Yeah. So he has brought him here. He wants him to figure it out. He's almost being, he's almost telling him because he just really, he wants to be appreciated. This is what's interesting about it. And you saying it about Leopold and Loeb, like that does make sense. But what's interesting is that you almost see like the entire serial killer timeline in one night. Yeah. He commits one murder, but then he immediately like. He can't help himself. He can't help himself from like needing someone else to know but it's just like this microcosm of like you were talking about it politically like it is like a small version of that it's also like a small version of the entire like way that a killer goes about like i could also see him killing a ton of people yeah and then getting to this point where he's like writing letters to the newspaper you know what i mean but it's just it's it's condensed and meanwhile philip he's not the natural born killer Mm-mm. he's like spazzing the fuck out he's getting drunker and drunker to cope with it throughout yep. the night uh, He's the one with the conscience. Yeah. And like there's points where the maid the the maid really doesn't like the the chess being the table piece. Oh no. Oh, and she also has a big crush on the professor. I get who wouldn't, right? I mean, oh, of course. Oh, I heard you I heard you're into light bondage. <laughs> so there's a part where she almost puts these old books and there's also a thing where they, they kill them with a rope and then bind up books that were in the chest. But there's always a thing where you didn't bind those books up very well. That's is that how you like? There's a thing where like yeah, you didn't tie these up very well. Have you ever had a conversation about like that's not how you bind up books, no. right? <laughs> I feel like there's some conversations that just didn't happen before well, 1970. Well, you know. Also, you wouldn't have. This was Jimmy Stewart trying to like get a tell off him I'm because he was putting it all together. He was like he knew that the rope was shoddy and too big and not appropriate for the task because brandon wanted him to see it like he was basically like yeah it was noticeable that it was like shit because you wanted me to see it so what'd you do with the rope Mm. like that Mm. it was all part of a larger plan what are you doing with that rope it was a clue what are you doing with that rope huh yeah you want to tie that around my cock huh (laughs) I need you to stop. So the party, <laughs> the party Consider disperses. Jimmy a father figure. <laughs> the party disperses, and uh, and uh, Rupert leaves, but he's very suspicious. He also finds that he's handed the wrong hat, and it's got David's initials in it. Yeah. So then he realized that David had been there for sure. It like confirms. So they clear out, and Philip and Brandon think everything's chill. 
sort of philip is losing his shit and then that's when jimmy stewart comes back to get his cigarette case which he didn't really lose no and then he he planted it yeah in a place to do in a place where they know that was wasn't there because it was cleared out because they were putting books back on when people left there were still some flowers but yes uh yeah so he comes back and so he basically gets the information he starts to question them and he has the rope yeah i got the rope pretty much all but confirmed and they have to wrestle the gun away from philip he's going to try to kill both of them and he wrestles the gun away yes because brandon had the he was doing the like yeah very obvious gun yeah and and rupert's like what are you doing with that piece in there yeah and then philip gets it in a scuffle yeah and then rupert eventually gets his hands on it because philip's heart's not in it he's breaking down until eventually yeah he opens up the chest and he sees that david's body he knew it was in there but it was just like overwhelming and then there's this thing that is i guess it's just ridiculous from the perspective of someone that's like no one should kill people mm. <laughs> but he he's like that that thing about being privileged to to kill someone to have the right to kill someone you threw the words back in my face and i had to face it i had to face the words that you were throwing back at me and now that i see this dead body i know what i was wrong and you're a monster mm-hmm. <laughs> he had an epiphany when he saw like, a dead body that you shouldn't de- but and, and also too he was like what gives you the right to decide that he was not worthy to live uh-huh. that's the whole thing is like some people are so privileged as to like decide who gets to die and, and it was like it was almost it was that dumb moment where it's like well if he could kill him he could kill me and like what was wrong with him like he doesn't call 911 though he doesn't call the cops doesn't call the operator he oh opens right the window and he shoots and in shoots the air three times out in the air and then this this was great he leaves the window open and they all stand there in silence amongst each other and he's got the gun and then you start hearing people on the street go was that a gunshot yeah somebody should call the police <laughs> like it was like you could hear people on the street be- and you know they were up higher back in the day you could just shoot in the air in new york and people would care and then there were sirens before no. the movie was over they came quick yeah right yeah and here they come and that's the end of the movie we didn't even see them we just heard the sirens over. the philosophy of it we were talking about felt very silly and maybe it's because i'm not a sociopath but it was kind of presented as like some kind of deep question whereas and maybe i'm just different but i'm like yeah it's not deep you just don't like fucking so murder here's, people. here's the thing though because it's an elitist view yes but i thought it was silly too until you said what you said earlier and now i see it as a commentary mm, sure. on this like this, these people who think they're a superior race deciding who needs to die and who should be removed from this earth. Like, it's a commentary on that. Also, what's even more interesting to me is that the people who think they're better than people are the people that that superior race hates. Yeah. Like, it's gay men being like, we are yeah, yeah. the elite. There's obviously times where you couldn't be very open with that. But but we've talked about this before where where people will be um and like like a harry styles will wear women's clothing and be seen publicly and in the media since he's rich and famous as someone who's different eccentric but if somebody in their own small town if someone in their own small town does this then they it could be very dangerous for them depending on where they are so so that's kind of once you get into that mantle you can kind of be 
wherever, whatever you want to be within a, within a pocket, within a realm. Sure. It is an elite. We're not elitist by our own philosophical nature. So it, it just seems strange to us, but it does kind of seem like childish the way Jimmy Stewart comes. Like he's like, like he's, it's like having a toddler, like take a lighter and burn people. And then you burn the toddler and the toddler's like, wait a minute. That's literally how you I teach. can also burn. That's literally how you teach kids not to bite. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so yes. Because this whole time he has seen himself as an elitist. He's so clever and so smart and he's waxing poetic and he's like a philosopher, whatever. But then he actually sees a dead body and he's like, oh, I'm an idiot. And the person. And I actually believe that's true because yeah, if you're yeah. delusional and think you're smarter than everyone in the room. That's true. People that are naturally smart just assume that they're right about everything oh sure but it's impossible to be right about everything and understanding things still takes time mm -hmm. and a process and experience mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter how smart you are you still have to go through these layers and there is like a level of where naturally intelligent people can often be the dumbest mm -hmm. in the sense that they just assume that everything they're saying is like intelligent and deep oh you know what i'm angela I'm Bobby. Welcome to Movie Uncles. <laughs> the sounds you hear are dogs. You are cracking up at that. We, she, nothing makes Angela laugh more than being late for the intros. This is the latest one by far. I, I will, I will edit the episode and I'm like, I don't know what she's laughing at exactly. You're just cracking up. And I'm like, I, I, like, I can't tell what you're laughing. You just love to laugh. I do. You're just a big laugher. Oh, tie that rope around my dick. <laughs> Pull it. I mean, that's legit funny. Mm -hmm. uh, cock torture, um, Jim, Jimmy Stewart is. That's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> that's a doll. You have... <laughs> yeah, we need a cock doll. Cock torture, Jimmy. Uh, are you guys out of the cock torture, Jimmy Stewart dolls? <laughs> it comes with a rope. It comes with a rope. <laughs> yeah, I need I need rope edition cock torture, Jimmy Stewart. I would buy one. <laughs> I would buy you one. Yeah, I like cock torture. What about it? What about it? Okay, you took me down one of those paths again. <laughs> okay, we well, we, we hump movies. We're humping it. You give this one through five humps. I'll hump it one through five times. Combine best out of ten, and we will rank this movie. Do go on. I feel like this is a pretty solid four. The acting was wonderful. And now, especially like having talked through with you, I mean, you know, we've talked about it. My favorite sort of movie is a thriller. And, and I love this sort of one too, where it's like, the thing has already happened. Now, how do we figure it out? You know? And it's Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. I feel like he's another one that like, if Jimmy Stewart's in it, it can't be low, really. Well, this Chris, uh, last Christmas I watched It's a Wonderful Life. For the first in time. In full for the first time. And it kind of, um, I mean, that's a beloved movie it with is. Jimmy Stewart it, like, famously in it. But it kind of it, it kind of changed my shit a little bit. It, uh, it, it earns it. We want to elaborate on that? Uh, just the, 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 the emotion and the way, like, it, it was so much more raw. It was a lot more raw than I expected it to yeah. be. But the way it, it went through these human emotions in certain quick times mm -hmm. is just, it's, um, I know that's a very regard, we're going to talk about it this Christmas and yeah. I'll have a lot to say about it, but like, it's just a well-regarded movie that is legitimately uh, so powerful in a way that I've never heard anyone explain it to me. And, and, you know, I think part of that could be that 
I have seen the movie a dozen times, but not as an adult. Yeah, yeah. And I think people have like memories of it. I remember there's certain beats of it that that you remember very well when you're a kid, but the majority of times I saw it, I was under the age of 18, right? And so watching it now as a grown woman with like a job and responsibility and a family, you know, a lot of it hits so much differently. There were things it was like watching it new for me too in parts. Yeah. There was so much that I did not pick up on or understand when I was younger. I think the thing that makes, um, I think his name is George in that movie. Yeah. He doesn't get to live his dream. It makes me make this face. Yeah. It yeah. Does, no, it, he, doesn't. he doesn't get to live his dreams. And that alone is, makes him the most relatable. Yeah. One of the most relatable characters in all of cinema. But as far as rope, Alfred Hitchcock's Hitch, Hitch's Cox. Because yeah. movies are gay. Yeah. I'm going to match your four. Yeah. It, it is a solid four. So that's an eight. That is an eight here. Alfred Hitchcock thought this was a failed experiment. I I still haven't um, fixed the uh, out of the past double number one. <laughs> okay. Would you say this is better than Manhunter or is Manhunter better? That's hard. You know, I'm going to make the executive decision. Okay. Rope is going under Manhunter. Okay. Fair. Because Manhunter is kind of more of a fun movie. Agree. And With Rope, it's just like a crafty movie that mm -hmm. you admire, but there's definitely just more to chew on in Manhunter. Absolutely. And and truly, if I go with what I've said a million times, whatever should be higher is what's more rewatchable, and Manhunter is definitely more rewatchable. Absolutely. You don't yeah. you really don't feel you you recognize the quality of rope, but you may not, you know, you're not, you're good. You're going to move on from this one. I could see telling someone all about it and then being like, let's just watch the Jimmy Stewart speech at the end, Yeah, but, yeah. but not the whole, you know? Yeah. So there you go. Our, uh, movies are gay. And this movie, we explain how gay this movie was upper crust, gay, soci sociopathic gay. We didn't actually talk about this, but there's no blatant anything to let you know it's just the way they are with each other you can feel the intimacy immediately there's one point where philip is just so nervous and brandon's like we should take a vacation mm -hmm. and they're not talking about taking a separate one mm -mm. they're talking about taking one together yeah it's just so obvious if you i mean it's back it's then so it probably there. wasn't though because you know yeah. when things are so culturally suppressed it's amazing how little people can see it even when it's in front of them they only see what they expect to see it's interesting yeah. uh to see um the generational natures of gay culture and how different they are compared to now i'm gonna do some research i never do this usually we talked about this recently that i don't usually research movies but i'm very curious as to specifically why alfred hitchcock thought this was a failure did he want people to really know maybe and people it passed them by it's I'm hard, just curious. It's hard to say. Maybe it's just a, a case of him being his own harshest judge. Definitely it, possible. It wasn't as successful as a lot of his other movies. When you're making like Vertigo and Psycho and The Birds, you know, these movies that yeah. people still Vertigo. talk about today, Rope's kind of on the edges. Of, yeah. There's not really one that gets a lot of talk. That's reserved for the film nerds yeah. and those who want to learn about how gay movies used to be because movies are gay and that's all and uh, check the show notes for more places to find us links and things like that death to all traders death to all traders death to all traders <laughs>